Well, welcome back to the Prayers of Rest podcast. We are on break in between our regular prayer seasons. And if you missed last week, we're doing something a little bit different this week, taking some reader questions. Um, I explain why we're doing this and share a little bit more in the previous week. So if you missed it, you can go back and listen to that. But Kendra, we're back today with more rapid fire questions. Yes, we Um, are. (laughs) I'm excited. I mean, we had so much fun. We did. This This is so fun. I will try to keep my answers short. uh, But as we saw last week, that doesn't always work out. So that's okay. uh, All good things. It'll be good. All right. So what do we have first? Okay. First off, we have a question from Lynn C. She says, the biggest struggle to spiritual growth for me is consistency. I feel like for every two steps forward, I go back three. Busy work schedule, an ailing parent, family trip, etc. I get torn away and then I find myself spiritually dry and find it hard to dig back in. What should I do? Yeah, Lynn, I get this. And I'm pretty sure everyone listening to this podcast will be able to relate to say, I've been there too. Um, and so part of it, I think, is, um, man, I, I think of the psalm where scripture says, God knows we are but dust. <laughs> he knows our limitations. He knows um, what we are capable of on our own. So I think part of it is receiving the love of God, receiving God's grace in our failures. Um, I think part of it too is um, being okay with different seasons of life looking differently. And so instead of measuring your um, 40-year-old self to your 25-year-old self, or, you know, instead of comparing different seasons of saying, oh, I used to be able to do so much then, and and now I can't. Um, it's looking for right now in this season, how is God inviting me to fellowship? How is he inviting me to delight in him? Um, I just had a conversation with a sweet woman last weekend. I was speaking at their church and she was visiting from Kenya. She and her husband are missionaries in Kenya and they have a home for children who have been abandoned. Literally in their home, they have almost 50 children. And she shared with me, um, she was, I think, 65, um, that they've been doing this for almost 15 years. And she said, I used to, when I was in America, I used to be able to read my Bible and pray every day consistently. And now I just have my hands full and I can't anymore. And every time they receive a new baby, like babies as young as three months old, um, she makes it a priority to hold them as much as she can, to be with them, to give them that attachment and that nurturing that the baby didn't have the first few months of their lives. And she told me last week, and she said, I felt such a sense of guilt and condemnation that I wasn't able to do the Bible study the way I wanted to. And I was so encouraged to hear that that is not the voice of my father, but rather that he delights in me. Even as I'm in, up in the middle of the night with, with these newborn babies, loving them, praying over them, praying scripture over them, um, reciting in my mind scripture that I memorized in my early years with Christ. Um, even if it looks different now, um, I'm reminded that God delights in that offering. And I share that 
here because it was such a testimony to my heart that I would look at this woman who is in Kenya loving these these babies thinking she's like a saint <laughs> like she's doing incredible work for God's kingdom and yet even in the midst of that there's that voice of failure and condemnation of you're not doing enough so it doesn't matter what that what what that failure looks like there's always going to be some measure of like I don't measure up I should be doing more in the midst of wherever you are right now, whether you are loving babies in Kenya, or you're loving babies in your home, in in wherever you are in the world, or you are loving your elderly parents, or loving on your neighbors or your coworkers, um, God has called you right there. So a busy work schedule, an ailing parent, um, trips with a family, whatever that looks like, it's embracing this season and saying, God, help me to be aware of your love right here, right now. Help me um, bring to mind scripture that I've meditated on in the past. And, and like Psalm 1 says, being, being the tree planted by streams of water <laughs> so that the roots don't go dry, so that you bear fruit in the right season. So I know that's a long answer, but I wanted to go into it to kind of set up this episode of saying, this is what we're talking about. This is what you're going to hear me say again and again. We are not after checklist spirituality. We are not after just like going down the list and doing the spiritual disciplines. We are created by a God who delights in us and invites us to delight in him. And that is made possible through Jesus Christ. So anything you're going to hear us say here is going to be an invitation to that relationship that it's fine if it's not perfectly executed. (laughs) That's not what we're after. We're after that resting and that delight in the heart of God. So, so good. I love that you shared that story. One question in, and we're already struggling to struggling to get no, 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 no. a minute no, no, no. but this it was, was so me, good <laughs> this was me setting us up okay <laughs> okay okay here we go all right Gretchen V says I feel like my prayer life is shallow I think that feeling comes from sin I have not confessed and therefore my prayers are blocked I do confess my sins and seek forgiveness but did I forget some that I need to deal with? Am I deceiving myself into thinking I've dealt with my sin? In fact, I'm still entertaining it. Thank you for your prayers and for your help. Gretchen, thank you for your honesty here. Um, and I love that your heart is a desire to be pure before God and a desire to say, search me, God, show me if there is any unconfessed sin in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Uh, That's how Psalm 139 closes. Um, And so what I would encourage you to do if you're wrestling with like, is there still unconfessed sin? um, Gather with someone else. Invite an older woman from your church that you respect her and you admire her walk with the Lord and ask her to pray with you. And I have found it so powerful in my own life to pray and confess sins with another believer who can hear that confession and and speak over me the forgiveness of Christ Jesus. Like I know that in my mind and, and we don't confess to uh, a person to forgive us, but scripture does say, confess your sins to one another. <laughs> there is power in speaking aloud those secret things that feel so shameful to us and confessing them out loud 
and seeing this person respond with love, (laughs) embody the love of God for us and say, I'm not going to run away from that. I am not scared of that. In fact, scripture says, because of Christ Jesus, you are forgiven. You are washed clean. Jesus proclaims his righteousness over you, and he has washed you white as snow. That is such a powerful experience to process sin, confess it, and receive the forgiveness of Christ Jesus with a fellow believer doing that together. Um, Man, that is what the body of Christ is supposed to be. That is what we're supposed to do for one another. So, Gretchen, if you feel like unconfessed sins are holding you back, I really would encourage you, ask God to lead you to someone in your local church that might minister to you in this way. Not that they are the one forgiving you. Uh, God the Father hears your confession, and God the Father forgives you in Jesus Christ and washes you clean through the Holy Spirit. But we are to be a priesthood of believers, and we are to uh, just be conduits of God's love in that way. Um, And it sounds like Man, this is going to be such a great experience for you, Gretchen, if you take that step, seek out that person, and spend that time in confession together. Okay, next up. Just got to keep moving. Jill D. says, I have a difficult time with knowing how to pray. I feel like I'm constantly repeating myself. I feel limited on my words. Jill, prayer is something that we learn and grow in over time. And so if you feel like you don't have the words to pray, uh, you're in good company. (laughs) All of us have felt that way at one time or another. So what I'd encourage you to do is to learn to pray God's word. Um, start in the Psalms. Psalms is the great place to start. Like I just opened up to Psalm 57 verse one, have mercy on me, my God, have mercy on me for in you, I take refuge Uh, and just pause there. And allow those words to become your words. Uh, Whatever you're dealing with in your life, whatever your stressors you're facing, just bring those to mind and bring them before the Lord and say, have mercy on me, God. Would you help me take refuge in you? And our prayers don't have to be long or complicated. (laughs) In fact, Jesus has a lot to say about long, complicated, flowery prayers. Um, it's, It's the honest, heartfelt prayer that honors him. Um, And so if you feel like, I just don't know how to pray, or you're repeating the same things again and again, open up the Psalms and start praying God's word. Um, Pray through some of Paul's prayers. And as you pray these again and again, they will soon become your vocabulary of prayer. You will soon start borrowing phrases from scripture in your prayer. And so if you've ever experienced a time of prayer with someone who just has a powerful anointing in prayer, Every time I've experienced that, it's been because they've been praying God's word. It's because the word of God flows out of them in prayer. Um, And it doesn't start with having a whole dictionary of it. It starts with just one psalm, one verse. Just pray God's word again and again, and that will become your vocabulary of prayer. Lisa M. says, Hi, Asherita. My biggest struggle when it comes to spiritual growth is not having the discipline to set aside time to be alone with my father due to working full time and exhaustion. Yet I know that it's no excuse because I have time to look at social media daily a lot. (laughs) 
<laughs> I relate. <laughs> I need more discipline, but I don't know how. Please help. Oh, Lisa, I love your self-awareness with this <laughs> uh, because we're reframing from I don't have time to actually I do have time. It's just easier to spend time on social media uh, because that doesn't require much from us. Um, so one thing I would encourage you to do is take a deep breath, delete social media off your phone. Uh, you can come back to it in a few weeks. You can reinstall it. The world will go on. <laughs> but if your heart truly is, I want to spend more time with God. I want to spend time in prayer. And I recognize that this thing is sucking the time. Delete it. And then in that void, don't just allow it to be a void because then you'll find yourself watching shows <laughs> or you'll find yourself <laughs> doing something else. Personal experience. Mm -hmm. In that space then, when you reach for your phone and you're like, oh, the app isn't here anymore. Put the phone away, turn to God's word. Like allow that input, that habit to become the trigger that turns you toward God's word. And then ask him to do that work in you. <laughs> Say, God, I, I recognize that I, I have attachments to social media. I have attachments to my phone and I want to be attached to you. Would you do this work in my heart? Um, this is a form of fasting. It is setting aside something that might be good for the sake of something better. Um, I've gone through seasons where I've done this. Um, I have friends who've done this. It might feel brutal at first, <laughs> uh, but you will find that God's word is so much sweeter than any social media app. His, his presence and his power oh, is so fulfilling that once you get that, you, you might end up installing the social media app again, or you might find I've lost my taste for it. Uh, this, this is better. So, so good. All right. I feel like I say so good to everything. I feel like you keep saying that. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know how to respond differently. I don't know, but <laughs> it just is good. Oh, okay. Valerie T says, I think the biggest struggle for me is getting overwhelmed and just starting to figure out what to read. Um, once I get going, I dive deep into the word, journal, pray, sit on my porch with the Hawaii sun rising in awe of being in God's presence. Ooh, I wish I could do that being Hawaii. Know, that sounds great. <laughs> if I had a plan, that would be helpful. Then I wouldn't get so distracted prior to the beginning. I just haven't found a good time for one yet. Any suggestions? Yeah, Valerie, um, I think you know the answer to this. <laughs> I mean, it's right there. If you're finding yourself um, distracted by like, okay, what should I read today? Um, the easiest solution is just pick a book and stick with it. Frankly, it doesn't matter what book of the Bible you pick. Just pick one book and work through it a passage at a time. Um, a great place to start if you're new to reading the Bible is the Gospel of John. Um, or the Gospel of Luke. <laughs> um, just read through a short portion. And then I would encourage you to ask this one question, what does this passage teach me about God? So rather than being all over the Bible in a survey format, which that has its place, uh, but if you're struggling with like, what should I read next? Just pick one book, <laughs> stick with it, and keep asking this one question, what's one thing that I learn about God here? Um, and when you're done with that book, um, don't rush on to the next one. Like, Go back and read it again, now with this awareness of how God reveals himself in the word. And then 
go back to another book. Maybe you bounce between the New Testament and read a book that way, and then Old Testament, and read a book of the Old Testament, and then go back to the New Testament. Uh, But this is going to help you become more biblically literate. Um, If you study a book start to end, you're going to start seeing the scope of a book of the Bible, and it's going to help you overcome that initial what do I read today? (laughs) Um, It's going to be laid out to you. You just leave a bookmark in your Bible and you open it up and you can dive right in. Yes. Uh, Studying a whole book of the Bible is so much fun and so helpful. I struggle with the same thing of like knowing what to read. So picking a book and sticking with it is great. All right. Next question. And I think this is our last question from Virginia... Is that an I or an L? I don't know, but Virginia. Virginia. Hello, Ashrita. I believe that my greatest struggle when it comes to spiritual growth, and it always has been, I'm 44 now and our kiddos are teens, is simply being still and quieting my mind or thoughts. Everything around me and learning what it means and how to apply it because sometimes, actually most of the time, I get so distracted inside of this. I'm seriously can chase a lot of squirrels. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Virginia. Um, There's a lot there. I feel like I can chase a lot of squirrels as well. Um, But the one thing I think I want to pick up on is that struggle of being still and quieting your mind and your thoughts. And I totally relate to this. Um, I would say looking back on the last few years of my walk with the Lord, the biggest growth spurt has come in learning to be quiet with him and learning to be still. Part of the challenge with this, and and we see this throughout scripture, you know, Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Jesus calling us all who are weary and heavy burdened, come and find rest. Uh, The psalmist saying, find rest, O my soul, and God alone. Like this idea of being still and quiet with God. It's all throughout scripture. The challenge is it feels like we're doing nothing. (laughs) I feel like um, as 21st century Christians, we are primed to be doing things for God, Um, good things. And and yes, we ought to be the hands and feet of Jesus to the world. Um, Yes, we should be in God's word every day. We should be memorizing scripture. We should be praying for others in intercessory prayer. All great things. But before we do those things for God, (laughs) he invites us to just come and be with him. Like like a child who runs to a loving father and just sits with him. Um, so we need to learn the discipline of being still. We need to value that that is important work, <laughs> that being still with God, even though it doesn't feel like we're doing anything, um, it's it's bringing an awareness to God's presence with us through His Holy Spirit and allowing Him to do the work on our hearts. So practically speaking, um, I've shared this in, in a previous episode, I use something called Palms Down, Palms Up. Um, I learned this from Richard Foster in his book, Celebration of Disciplines. Um, you can go back and listen to last week's episode as I described that. Um, but I think the other thing is, is really valuing time being still. And then building that into our time of prayer. So for me, um, that is why the REST acronym of prayer has stillness in the middle, because I knew if I somehow tagged it onto the end, 
honest to the Lord, I would skip it. <laughs> I would feel like, okay, I've done all the other things and I know I should be still with God, but I just don't have time right now. I need to run and like put a load into the laundry. I know myself. And so I built that S in rest, seek his stillness in the middle of the prayer acronym. So I couldn't skip it. Now that's shorter some days than other days, but that's just one example of a way that you can reframe how you think about stillness, that it is important work, even if it doesn't feel like you're doing anything, um, but also build it into your rhythm of prayer. Whether you use the rest prayer acronym or some other way, the palms down, palms up, whatever that looks like, build it into your time of prayer and start, start small. Start with just 30 seconds of being quiet with the Lord, of being still with him. And then maybe in a few weeks, you grow to a minute of stillness with him. Allow his spirit to speak to your heart. Um, it, it really is one of the most beautiful experiences I've had with the Lord is getting everything off my chest and telling him all the things and then just being still with him. The, the awareness of his loving presence with us does something to our hearts. It shapes us more into the image of Jesus in a way that I had not previously experienced through inductive study or intercessory prayer, or again, all these good things we do. God is saying, just come, come away with me. Come and be still with me. Let me quiet you with my love. Mm. Well, this was so much fun, Asherita. I don't know about you, but I'd love to do more of these. What do you think? I, I'd love to do it. I, think, <laughs> I mean, I think we probably have a backlog of questions that we've received in our inbox over the past year. Uh, but I'd love to get new questions from listeners. If, you know, something we talked about today kind of um, brought something up of like, you know, I've always wanted to ask someone about this. Um, the reason we're doing these Ask Me Anything episodes right now isn't so much that I'm the expert. Um, <laughs> you've probably heard how many times I said in these past two weeks, I struggle with this too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so this is not me coming and saying, I have all the answers and here's what you should do. Rather, it's saying, I want to come alongside you. Uh, you're not alone. Whatever you're experiencing, I have probably experienced something similar to it. And if not, um, I can share from what I've read. Or if I just don't have an answer, um, you know, we might just email you privately and be like, I'm sorry, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> and in that case, I mean, this has happened, Kendra, where people email and say, um, how, how do I love my husband who um, is against God? and doesn't love the Lord. And I cannot respond from my personal experience in that. Um, my my advice is always go to someone in your local church. Mm -hmm. Like that is the reason God has given us the body of Christ is so that we might love and encourage one another. If I can't speak to this, I'm not just going to make something up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's someone in your local church that God has prepared to help you. Um, but sometimes it can be, you know, we have other questions and it can be intimidating to ask our pastor or something. Um, you're welcome to write in and ask questions. If I can share from my own personal life and experience and my study of God's word, I'd love to do that. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking I would much rather you ask someone in your local church, <laughs> even than mm -hmm. asking me, like ask someone you have a relationship with. Ask someone who knows you, <laughs> who can like personalize their response to your life and who can, like my friend Carmen, say, you know, I don't know, but let's pray. Like, 
let's pray about it. Uh, what a great way, circling, you know, full circle, what a great way to see growth in your life, to say, I have this question or I have this problem, taking it to someone in your church, praying together, and then walking out the steps of obedience. That's just such a great way to pray. That's just such a great way to grow closer to Jesus and grow in his likeness. Hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of Ask Me Anything with Asherita. Hey, um, that's alliterated. <laughs> yes. AMA with Asherita. Yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> well, Peter, thank you for being such a great co-host on this episode. This of course. This has been so fun. Yes. Well, what's coming next? What is coming up next on the Prayers of Breast podcast? Yeah, so starting up, I believe next week, we are jumping in our new season of the Praise of Rest podcast, and that is Who I Am in Christ. Um, we talked about this a little bit, how in our in our minds, we can believe lies, we can be stuck in the past, um, we can hear the voice of condemnation from our enemy, and that can hold us back from what God has for us. And so we are going to identify some of those lies and um, respond with scripture truth of who God says we are in Christ. This is not some empty uh, daily affirmations. This is not some weird new age, like woo-woo mysticism. (laughs) This is grounding ourselves in God's word, saying, I am who God says I am, and I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to renew the patterns of my thought with scripture. And so that is what we're headed into. I'm really excited for this season um, for our listeners, but also especially with this season, Kendra, we talked about this um, as we've been planning it, that we have a burden for young people today. Um, So if you are someone who has young people in your home, if you have children or teens, if you have grandchildren that you spend a lot of time with, if you are involved in youth ministry or you're a teacher in local schools or you're involved in um, like Sunday school, what I mean, so many different possibilities, right? If there are young people in your life, they need these scriptural truths. If they belong to Christ, they need to know who they are because the world is trying to shape them with what the world says they are and who the world says they need to be. And if we are not proactively renewing our minds, um, we are being shaped in the pattern of the world. So, I, I mean, you can hear this in my voice. I'm so passionate that this season especially is not just God doing work in our hearts, but that he would lay on your heart, even as you're listening to this right now, that he would lay on your heart a young person in your life who needs to be formed and shaped by the word of God and who God says they are, and that you would be um, convicted by the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to say it, convicted to text them, to call them, to email them, and to ask them to join you in this season of prayer, join you week after week to pray God's word over over our identity in Christ, uh, because that can change the trajectory of a young person's life. Um, the choices that they make in their teenage years, the, the um, decisions that they end up, like the, the paths they walk down in their 20s and 30s will be shaped by who they believe they are and what they believe is true about them. Um, so let us be an intercessory generation who doesn't just pray for the next generation, but actually invites them to come come alongside, pray with us as we pray God's word. Yes, please, please, please reach out to somebody that you know 
Um, I myself am in my 20s and I love it when I have older women in my life reaching out, praying with me and for me. And so please make it make be intentional about actually doing that with someone in your life. Um, it will change their life in a way that you can't even understand. Um, just having someone pour into you like that is so, so special. So please make it a point to do that. Um, we'd love to hear your stories of how um, you are praying with other people, not just praying by yourself, but getting groups together, whether older or younger or in between. Um, so please share that with us when you get the chance to share your questions and then share your stories. We love to hear from you. We love it. All right, friends, we're going to dive in next week. I am so excited for what God's Spirit will do through this season. And until we meet again, may you find much rest in God's loving presence.